Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Uh, we've got some bad news this week. We have one member added to the, uh, the COVID protocol list tonight, so we're not joined by Mr. Gareth Dutton, but we've got a, a surprise to hit you with a little bit later on, but we'll come up to that in a second. Firstly, we're joined by Mr. David Grant. Dave, uh, sporting the Team Hallam hat today. How are we doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, battling through the, the pain barrier to make the podcast this week, um, but we're here. Um, so uh, we're, we're keeping the uh, whatever form of Iron Man streak we've got going. Uh, but apart from that, all's well. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm very disappointed with the Apprentice final. Um, and yeah, other than that, I'm all right. Uh, just, just, just delve in a little bit more about that. Why are you fighting through the pain barrier today, Dave? Knocks and bruises, mate. Um, cricket nets, you know, hockey training. Um, shower just, floors. Shower floors. Yeah, just, just a combination of things that just. It's like life hits walls at you. And literally, that's what happened to me this week. So, yeah. I think it was more floors rather than walls, boy. All right. In fairness, you know, I took them on and I lost. But we're still here. We made the podcast. We, you know, we passed whatever form of fitness test that I did. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for um, your concern in terms of bringing my um, injuries up on the podcast. You are expect, welcome. Expect nothing less from you. Very welcome podcast um but yeah no we're we're uh, it was it was fun and games last night playing cricket it was just like yeah it's not this shouldn't be hurting as much as it should do true if anybody wants to send dave any presents by the way um he would like some adhesive rubber ducks to put in the yes, bottom please. of the bathtub yes very much so be very grateful and i was in wish list at all it's just adhesive rubber ducks <laughs> <laughs> now you said that um Ander, we'll, we'll get that set up mate it's like the worst, please send your order to our Weatherspoons table, isn't it? Instead of, <laughs> instead of getting a side salad and some peas, you're getting some adhesive rubber ducks. It's basically you want to order um, hydrate, hydration in Belfast and waiting an hour and a half until you can order hydration. So put it that way. Don't even don't start don't start me off with the not being able to order drinks until eleven and then it not coming until half past. I'm not impressed. I'm not over that yet. Oh, good idea, sir. I'll try. I'll try. Uh, we are also, of course, joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing today, mate? Uh, I'm not too bad, thanks, Joe. Um, how are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. This is a, uh, it's the second F1 Grand Prix this weekend. I'm excited for that. Very, very... Uh, I, I haven't quite got over the hilarity of last week when both Red Bull cars uh, <laughs> ran out of power. Um, so but, they don't yeah. give you wings, then? They don't give you wings in that instant, No. <laughs> But no, other than that, mate, I'm all right. I'm all right. Very good. And last but not least, um, we said we've got a surprise for you. We've got a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, I think, is the is the situation right now. Um, I don't like change. I'm just going to say it now. You what? I don't like change. This don't is like change. I don't like it. You don't mess with tradition. Exactly. <laughs> we are joined by Mr. Ashley Rose. Ash, how are we doing, mate? I'm not bad yourself. I'm good, mate. I'm good. I, I really need to start thinking of answers to how are you three times before <laughs> before we start recording. Well, yeah, other than that, I'm you know, not, a bit bilingual and skip, skip to Spanish or something like that, you know. Muy bien. Yeah, Gracias. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. 
Um, I'll go straight through the scores, gents. Um, Gareth isn't, obviously, as we say, isn't here. Um, he's not been well over the last week, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, he did manage to beef me on uh, on the podcast chat before we started this and said the agenda ended up with me screwing the scores up. So we'll see if that actually goes to plan. Um, Friday, the 18th of March, uh, Manchester Storm beat Country Blaze 4-1 in Manchester and Cardiff beat Glasgow Clan 4-2 in Cardiff. Uh, Saturday, we had Guildford losing out 3-1 at home to the Glasgow Clan. The Nottingham Panthers shut out the Steelers in Nottingham 3-0. Uh, the Belfast Giants took a 4-1 win against Dundee in Belfast. And the Five Flyers beat the Cardiff Devils 2-1 in a shootout. Sunday the 20th, we've got the Glasgow clan losing out at home 4-3 in overtime. And if you ask Malcolm Cameron, that was like kissing your sister. It's better than nothing. Bit of a weird one. Um, the Dundee <laughs> Stars won 2-1 against the Coventry Blaze in Dundee. Uh, the Storm, unfortunately, if you're a Steelers fan, lost 6-5 in overtime to the Belfast Giants after coming back 5-1, but we'll come back to that, I'm sure. Uh, the Five Flyers lost out at home 5-2 to the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, Tuesday, Guildford beat the, the I say Coventry Blaze then. There we go. There's the screw-up. I thought I was doing well. Uh, Guildford beat the Five Flyers 4-2 in Guildford. And on Thursday, so tonight, uh, we've seen the Glasgow clan win 3-0 at home against the Guildford Flames. Straight over to you, gents. Uh, highlights. Oh, we'll head to Altrincham, uh, the Manchester-Belfast game. Um, but by the looks of it, very back and forth um, in a strange manner. Uh, Brady uh, for Manchester started the scoring with the podcast favourite player, Earhart, getting an assist. And then Belfast woke up. Um, five goals on the bounce. Uh, Ruop, Kieran Long, uh, Doggett, Hook and Kieran Long again. 5-1. You're thinking, OK, game over. This could get messy. Manchester then turns up in the third. Brady again, 5-2. Critchlow, 5-3. Brady again for the hat-trick, 5-4. Springer. Oh, Springer. Springer for an equaliser. Not getting kicked out. He scores. Equaliser, 5-all. Wow, where the hell's this come from? 5-all. And then Cooper, though, kind of allowed Belfast to win to the two points in overtime. But that, you know... I bet that was a decent game to watch uh, in terms of uh, the go up so much, pull back, still win. But Manchester had one job and they nearly did it. Just didn't. But a point for them, though, uh, in terms of hoping to make the playoffs. Um, Belfast finding a way to get two points, which if you're a Sheffield fan, you don't want to hear that. But no, that was uh, my highlight. Mine is the Dundee commentary game. Uh, which Dundee found themselves going fifth uh, after they beat the Coventry Blades on Sunday night. Coventry led after 20 minutes at the Dundee Ass Arena and not undeservedly after a good opening period on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gianni scored the only goal of the opening 20 minutes. A beautiful shot past uh, Abrithon Proust, who has been playing incredibly over the last uh, couple of games. Um, the players could have extended their lead were it not for the Stars and Mandra pulling off several important saves before the buzz. It was great. Uh, great to watch. Um, Dundee came out strong in period two and hit the pipes quite a few times, uh, as well as seeing CJ Mott deny two quick chances from Philippe Sanch before they drew level. Uh, it was Sebastian Bengtsson who tied the game, uh, picking his spot past a screened Mott, but arguably given too much time to line his shot up in the offensive zone. Four minutes later, the host had turned the game on its head and took the lead. Believe it or not, Kyle Haas scoring. Kyle Haas Kyle ha- and Lyndon Kyle Springer. Haas. Oh my yeah, God. what's going on? He, yep, he fired it from the point. Uh, Sarch with the tip in front. Uh, Dundee go up to one. 
Uh, size then traded a chance in the third period. Uh, that actually saw them take quite a few penalties each. Dundee could have given themselves some breathing space with a 5 and 3 advantage, but weren't able to, set, to take it up upon themselves to uh, get anything much from that. Coventry came out to full strength inside the final minute and had a couple of half looks at Priest's net, but Dundee held on for two big points in the middle of the table. Uh, for me, um, my uh, highlight of the week was the five Cardiff game up in Kilcoddy, uh, 2-1 after penalties. and Basically on the basis of Fife have got a reputation for being the whipping boys, and it just goes to show that they're not, and you never have to underestimate an underdog. And to be fair, this season they pulled off some fantastic results in that one again for me, with how Cardiff have played since about some, the weekend before the Challenge Cup semi final and when they played Belfast. A very, very, very strong team, and for five to pull for a result like that, I think it's a good win for them. And yeah, uh, on the road when you're travelling up there, they're not an easy team to play to play against. Got a good fan base, and yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, in fairness, in terms of them not being a whipping boys. I think if you look at Fife, Cardiff, you expect Cardiff to come away with the points every day of the week. So, To be fair, though, compared to, say, five, six years ago, I don't think any team anymore can be underestimated in this league. <laughs> I think it's been a quite an entertaining season so far. It has, and Fife's had Cardiff's number, especially up in Kakoda. We've seen it a few times this season where they've... Uh, Gonna put not get the points. So yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same about Dundee in fairness, because um, you know, I, I referred to him as a low-level team on Twitter and got slagged off for it, and uh, now it turns out they might not be. So, <laughs> um, my highlight is the Nottingham v Glasgow game. Um, Glasgow went up one nil seven minutes thirty into the first through Guillaume Gautier. Um, they went up two nil towards the end of the first through Guillaume Gautier again. Um, start of the second period. Panthers coming back with a uh, a real intent. 50 seconds into the second period, Matthew Lane putting him on the board for 2-1. Uh, Matt Myers put him up about five, five and a half minutes later um, to go 2-2. Uh, and then the period ended 3-2 with another goal from Matt Myers at 35-13. Um, a single goal third period with Glasgow getting a goal through Guillaume Gautier again for the hat-trick, uh, taking the game into overtime. And then Jeremy Welsh uh, gets the game-winning goal for the Nottingham Panthers uh, to win 4-3. Interestingly to see, there's a two-minute penalty 18-33 into the game, so right at the start of the game, really, uh, Robbie Bayergeon got called for delay of game, displacing the goal net, which is not one that you often see. Uh, I think it's the second time we've seen that this season. We saw it in Sheffield uh, earlier on in the year. Uh, but you know, it just look like, looks like a good game. Uh, a bit of back and forth. Uh, 40 shots on goal for each team, so it sounds like a decent effort from both netminders. Um, and yeah, again, you really can't you really can't pick who you think is going to come out with the points. You know, Nottingham have had a bit of a, an up and down season, and obviously Glasgow going up two 0 at the end of the second period, you would have discounted Nottingham at that point. So it's come back and get the points, huge win for them. Um, yeah, and then as I say, you get Malcolm Cameron coming out and saying, uh, winning a point like kissing your sister is better than nothing, which is. I'd like to say one of the stranger analogies we've heard in a hockey interview, but uh, Malcolm Cameron's been in the league for a year, so maybe not. But the dog has... Do you reckon just researches the most randomest stuff? He's got a book. He's definitely got a he book. He has to have something, because it's like, if he's not kicking dogs, if he's not riding unicycles, it's like, what? I mean, you know what? We, we cry for characters, and it's, it's blatant as that 
Cameron's a character, so uh, carry on. Exactly, exactly. The dog is certainly not done with being kicked just yet. Um, yeah, that's my highlight, boys. Anything else to add on the uh, on the games over the last week? I'm seeing shaking heads, so we'll go straight through to the first thing on the agenda, gents, which is the Sheffield seven-year deal with the Sheffield Arena. Um, I'll just throw straight in there. Uh, there has been some kind of speculation on this. I think Sheffield City Trust were potentially due to hand back to the, the council in two years' time. Uh, so obviously it caused some confusion with a few fans in terms of whether or not that meant that it was only a two-year contract and not a seven. Uh, the Steelers have clarified that now, and they have confirmed that that deal will be honoured by whoever it is that takes over the arena after the Sheffield City Trust are done. So the Steelers have got a home secured until 2030. Um, huge move for the, for the Steelers, really. It's this big, big news. And some of the fans were kind of like complaining it was overhyped. And you know what? It's actually probably one of the biggest pieces of news that we'll have this year. And that's irrelevant as to who we sign. You know, we could sign a list of NHL All-Stars next year. This is number one on the on the following. Given the last two years and all businesses and everything's, you know, struggling to come back after COVID, Sheffield City Trust is one of them. And obviously the council is the overall backer of the supplier of the entertainment industry in Sheffield. For the Steelers to have that type of contract, to have that security, that stability, it's massive. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if your guys remember when we were going year to year thinking, are we going to have a team? Are we going to have an arena? You know, people thinking, do we have to move to our Sheffield? It's like absolute barren days of, of what the Steelers had, and they were still, you know, winning titles, winning trophies, and they still didn't have that relationship. But it just shows... Two things. A, the arena are prepared to work and have that relationship. I mean, you look at um, Tony Smith and go on, the guy who runs... Dom Stokes. Dom Stokes. I just at the wrong time to forget his name. The relationship they have, business and, and personally, you can tell it's, a, it's like light years to what the Steelers have ever had. So that's in the, back, in the Steelers' back pocket. And the arena do talk as the Steelers as the main tenant. And the amount of times now you see when bands come over, oh, we'd like that date. Well, Sheffield Steelers have got that. So would you like the day before or the day after? And years ago, it'd be, right, go on, sling you up, have a midweek. It's completely night and day. So have that relationship to have that stability. I just think it's – and you could say that with Nottingham or, or Belfast. It'd be Belfast when they was took over by the guys who run the, the, um, the SSC Arena, because the Odyssey Arena then. It's that top level of big news. It's it's huge. It gives that club stability. And now Sheffield have that. Um, as as much as some people aren't fans of the arena teams, as some people have uh, unearthed themselves back on Twitter um, and, and slagged them off, I just it's, it's, it's probably one of the biggest pieces of news the Steelers will announce. The only other the biggest piece they could have was actually they're taking over the arena. But I can't see that happening. I don't think in in a long time <laughs> we'll see them take over the arena. Uh, well, but no, this is... There is an announcement at 6 a.m., so who knows? There is. It's, I, yeah, it, who knows? You know, we'll we, we get this uploaded over the weekend, and it's uh, makes a mockery of what I've just said, but no, it's it's the biggest piece of news that Steelers will announce for a farewell, it, probably the biggest this year. So it's it's good news um, for the Sheffield Steelers. Yeah, this released over the weekend. Are you doubting my abilities to upload the podcast? Oh, it's charming. It's not wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say, Joe, that's where I'm basing it on. Last week, we got lucky. Yeah, I had a day off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but 
to start booking half days on Fridays just so I can upload the podcast. <laughs> when you said your laptop into work and just go, yeah, I'm just, I'm just uploading, just taking some work, it's fine. Nah, it's being borrowed for Goldland technology. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, from a Steelers perspective, um, that's it's great. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's nothing, it's nothing," and all this. If if you weren't around during the whole uh, Paul Reagan situation when we were should get like one and a half thousand uh, fans in every, every week, you know, that's the point when you know if things didn't improve drastically, we would have gone twice Sheffield because it won't be feasible. It, it won't be feasible to have. No, less than 2,000 fans in a 6,000, 7,000 seat area, would it? So we would definitely have moved to our Sheffield had that not have picked up when uh, Tony took over. But, you know, we've been there before with those owners, Bob Phillips, Norton Lee. We've never had that um, that stability in the club until Tony's, you know, um, Tony's come in and years down, he's, he's formed this great partnership with uh, with. Sheffield City Trust, and they've been fantastic. Was Dom has has done a great, great job for Sheffield. You know, he's uh, really given the team uh, an identity, whereas before they didn't really have one. We played at an arena that wasn't really, didn't really feel like home. We just, you know, felt like somewhere that where the club paid to play. Uh, but now that we've got, you know, banners and um, you know that bit more recognition, uh, it, it goes a whole long way, and it's. Uh, it's fantastic to see, and one day, you know, it'd be amazing to have all teams have that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, we just need more, more investment for that to happen, but hopefully, who knows, in the next 20, 30 years, maybe, maybe that will happen. Some sort of major investment, we never know, uh, but it'd be fantastic to have, to have that up throughout the whole league. Uh, you know, it is, it is good news, and it's just some sort of reassurance, and that's something that we've not really had for a long time, so it's great to have a, a deal, especially eight years. Uh, which is great, especially when they are changing hands and look at the council taking over. I think it was nice to have a bit of clarity because obviously Sheffield City Trust and the council, uh, you know, com- completely different bodies. So it was nice to have that whoever takes over will honour the Steelers as well. So that, that's great to hear. Uh, for me, uh, I think it's fantastic. Again, like uh, you've all said, that uh, we've retained us home for the next eight years. And I also think it does take a, pressure, a lot of pressure off of the likes of our Sheffield. I mean, we all we all know from playing in like rec sessions and stuff like that, and uni games for you and Dave and John and Andy with you with uh, Ice Tigers. Ice time at the minute is ridiculous. So it also helps our uh, lower teams and rec teams to get the ice time that they, everyone's trying to crave. So the fact we've got a home to play out of and we don't have to mess about with other places and stuff like that. It helped it, for me. It's helping, going to help the game in Sheffield grow as much as it can, and obviously, hopefully, produce some great players in the future. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to think that we've gone from one and a half thousand to two thousand to currently max capacity near enough week in week out that it shows that we could do somewhere bigger and better or improving the capacity if we could at the arena to show. The, the country that ice hockey it can be a mainstream sport like football with the proper investment and actually put the UK and all the GB boys have put the UK on the map and the likes of Liam Kirk have on the in the ice hockey world and have changed that and rolled heads but I do think ice hockey in the UK has got the capacity to be a mainstream sport yeah it's a huge step forward for the league I mean we look at look at what's happened across the league uh, just to take it away from the Steelers for a second 
you see the Devils getting ice arena Wales, getting that built, having a purpose-built arena rather than having the big blue tent. You've got Belfast, um, obviously, having their side of the ownership for the SSE. You've got Glasgow this year, and obviously up in the air at one point in terms of what was actually going to happen with them. All of a sudden, they come through, and I think they got ownership of, uh, of Glasgow Arena now, don't they? Or Braid Arena, or whatever it's called. Do you have ownership? I think something like that. Well, they yeah. say they, they are the operators of the venue. They may not own it, but they are the, the operators, so the priority they have. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's the biggest thing, you know. Let, let's be honest. In, in terms of the state of ice hockey in the UK, it's, it's not a mainstream sport. It's not a majority sport. We're not in a situation like, you know, football teams. It's not like Sheffield Wednesday owning the Wednesday ground. It's not like Sheffield United owning Bramall Lane. It's a very different story in terms of ice hockey. And obviously our arena, we know the fact that our arena isn't purpose-built just for ice hockey. We know that it isn't just there for us. Um, and it's great to see that we've got such a majority part of it now we might not have a share but we've got a serious interest in it we've got some serious investment in it from Dom Stokes and from Sheffield City, like Sheffield City Trust and whoever goes on to it to own it after them um, it's huge I mean we say you look at since Tony Smith came in you know we, we, we get a good deal with the arena straight away uh, five year deal signed with the arena um, we get a new Drumbatron next minute we've got a new ice plant we've got new dashboards we've got new plexiglass there's now talk of another Jumbotron and we've just, obviously, with one year left on the contract, we extend it for seven years, eight years left in that building. Absolutely insane. Um, and it's great to see that, that, that there's that. If you're a lower league, no, I can't say lower league team. If you're a non-arena team, um, you know, maybe, yeah, it looks a little bit worse at the moment because, obviously, you would be right to point out. And and this is the biggest thing that everybody says. Oh, the guy on Twitter turned around and said, oh, it was scripted. Um, and it's scripted for the arena teams to win. It isn't scripted at all for the, the arena teams to win. The difference is that we have the capacity to get more fans in, to bring in more revenue, which means we can bring in better signings the following year. And that's always the way it's going to be. And that's never going to change. And I think some people have got a chip on the shoulder about it. Other people don't. And I think that's the biggest thing to realize is actually the arena teams are always going to run a league because they've got the bigger capacity. They've got the bigger income. And that's always going to be the point. Um, but it's huge. It's absolutely huge for us. Um, you know, it's been absolutely fantastic to see the way that the arena's changed. And, and Andy, you, you've deferred to like the times of Paul Reagan, Bob Phillips, and, and so on. And at that time, you know, the arena was still tried to be broadcast as the home of the Sheffield Steelers, but it was broadcast as that by the Steelers themselves. It never felt anything more like, more than than a rented accommodation at that point. Granted, yeah, we've still got a contract in place. Granted, yeah, we don't still have ownership. But now the arena does feel like the home of the Steelers. And that's the difference. We've got a full-time shop in place now. Do you know, we've got the banners on concourse. So even if you go to a, a, a gig, you walk along concourse under the Steelers banners to see the victories, to see the, 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 the players that have had the numbers lifted to the rafters. It's great to see. And hopefully, do you know, we've got another announcement coming at 6 a.m., Hopefully that's only only more to do with that. Hopefully that's more to do with the investment that we're getting from the arena to it being the home of the Steelers. And I think it's it, for me, you, you get the you're only strong as your lowest link within the chain, and and that's, there's an element of truth in that. But you, if you strong if your strong teams are wiltering, it has a knock on effect. It always has, always will. Um, now you look at Sheffield. And the hard work that they put in. And yeah, we've mentioned numerous times how how they push things is irritating. Family friendly way of uh, putting it. 
but it's hard work. It's that's what you do. Um, it doesn't stop other teams having similar arrangements, having similar things. You know, Nottingham for years they'd rely on their volunteers, and this is not knocking the volunteers, but they'd stay in their their perches wherever they based would move. Spoke to someone who went to the last game, and now you're seeing people selling fifty fifty and shirts like they're going in and around the seating area. That these are the things that you do. Commentary do it. Um, and, and you know it's something that can be done and if all the teams <clears throat> get that mentality because I think that's half the battle is having that mentality of if we work because it's percent I mean like you said Joe Steelers Panthers Giants Cardiff to an extent will have more opportunity for revenue the leveller is making sure that all teams get the same percentage of income per person going in so they talk about if they can aim for a pound a pound a person for the 50-50 as an example per person that goes in. And it's the percentage of how much they make or as a prize available in terms of who comes into the building. Five can easily do that. I mean, let's be fair. If if they, and it's, again, it's looking at 50-50 as one example, but if they, but their 50 is around two, 300, um, if that was built up to six, 700 every week, that money would do us the similar impact to a Fife or a Dundee that it would Percentage-wise, Sheffield, Nottingham. It's the mentality. I think that's half the battle. It's having the, having the people involved with the mentality going, we're going to work harder. Find the line where it doesn't irritate your fan base, but we'll work harder. And we'll be fine. We'll be secure. We'll be safe. <laughs> if that mentality gets through, your strongest link will be as strong as a weak link if you have the same mentality. And I think you're starting to see, you, you hear people from Five saying, you know, this... We've seen other teams do this. We've seen, I mean, they get peeved off with when Dundee's out doing them or Glasgow's doing them because it's that Scottish pride thing that they want to be the best in everything. And they're starting kind of saying, oh, we've got to do more now. You, you start having that. And I think, you know, the, the, the strength and, and you'll see people come through the doors and I don't think it's anything to do with how many uh, non-UK passports are on the ice. But, you know, what the topic we're saying is great news for Sheffield. Hopefully, other teams will get the security when their deals come up, and it just only helps the league out. That's the biggest thing I think we've got to look at. You know, the Steelers since Tony Smith's taken over have risen in terms of attendance, and you know, some of that is for the irritating things that they push on Twitter, and you know, it's a lot to do with the five-pound ticket sales or the eight-pound ticket sales, however you want to look at it. You know, and that, and that's the biggest thing. The reason that we have this relationship with the arena now is because we've got ourselves to the position where they've realised actually we're a mainstream event. You know, yes, they might get twice the capacity for a gig, but they're not coming thirty times a year, and that's the biggest thing. You know, we're we're now bringing crowds of average about what six six and a half thousand at least. You know, we're pushing nine and a half thousand sellout for particular games. You know, that's nine and a half thousand people that are turning up to a game and buying drinks, buying food, coming through the doors, paying for parking. You know, it's bringing in a lot of revenue for the arena. And that's what they're realising. And I think that's the biggest thing. You look at other teams and you look at some teams and, and their attendance has been so low. And it points exactly to where they are in the table. And it's... It's a catch-22 in it, boys, let's be honest, because if you've got, if you, if you've got the product on the ice, it helps you bring in more fans. 
but when you bring in more fans, it helps you put the products on the ice. So the thing is, it's finding a way of breaking that cycle. It's finding a way of putting the products on the ice without having the backing and the, and the revenue that comes from a higher fan base. You know, or it's a way of bringing in people through the doors to then fund the following year's team. And that, that's that's what it's all about. And that's what I think the Steelers' ownership have done so perfectly recently. Do you know, we, we went through some bad times in terms of the products on the ice. Do you know, the, the last year of Paul Thompson uh, as just one of the ones to bring up, it wasn't great to watch. And it was one of the years that one of the arena teams didn't make it into the top three. And it's a, it's a horrendous time to think about it when you look back at it as a Steelers fan particularly when you're sitting in the position that we're sat in now. But we still managed to fight through that. We still managed to bring in the attendances. We still managed to put the revenue into the team to put out a better team the following year. And I think that's that's a big thing. And this also helps us do that. Um, any speculations on what we think the announcement's going to be at 6am? Very, very very big curveball. I know we've not talked about this earlier, but <laughs> any, any ideas, any guesses? I'm kind of going on the lines of like some of the fans... I don't know if it's something that they do this point of the year, but an extension of Aaron Fox's contract. Yeah. I know there was a lot of speculation as to that being the announcement when they made the announcement about the arena. So I feel like that would kind of go hand in hand with, you know, that's what you thought. That's now what we're going to give you. Yeah. It all sounds like it's 6am. And when they do the announcements, it's 6 signing. Yeah, I know. 6am. So. Uh, and I'm also kind of hoping after like the last bad run of games that we've had, in the last couple of months or so, I put it down to whatever you want to call it, that the club seen the love for Aaron Fox and the work that he's done over last year, this year, the Elite Series and the players he's fetched in and the job he's done since we had Tom Barrasso and Paul Thompson. And I'm hoping that the Steelers have seen this kind of love and gone, right, we'll get him a new contract drawn up and we'll get it bashed out. Yeah, uh, it'd be great to see, to be fair. He's taken some criticism recently over the over the back end of, of this year. Um, you know, I, I think I think we've all been critical at times, but you can't fault the difference. It's it's night and day in comparison to, like you say, that that last Paul Thompson, Tom Barrasso year. Any other speculation? I, 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 yeah, sorry, um, I, I've heard a rumor of what it of, of what it is. MFZ breaking news. Yeah, it's a reminder that the shop's open. 24 hour. 24 hours. We're going to have a drive through shop in the car park. Pick and collect. Cheap petrol as well. <laughs> the question is, do you still have to pay your £5 plus £3 fee for, uh, to get into the, the car park? The shop is now on Deliveroo. And that's a pound just for trolley. If it's on Deliveroo, I just hope it's not a £3 delivery charge. <laughs> Any other speculation, gents? Uh, I've got a feeling it could be some sort of sponsorship news. It, it'd go hand in hand again if you know if we even if we got Sheffield Window Centre coming back. You know, if we if we could announce a similar similar length deal with a title sponsor, which wouldn't surprise me, they would go hand in hand just on length alone. Like, yeah. yeah. Um. No, be a, I, I, I'm interested to see if they do anything. I know that um, the Steelers said, watch this space. Someone tweeted saying about reduced prices for food and drink in the arena. And I, uh, they, they tweeted back and said, watch this space. So I, I hope that that's the next step is that they realise that Steelers fans are coming in so regularly and actually look at it and go, do you know what? We can do them a deal on this. We can get them a bit cheaper food. We can get them a, uh, you know, a bit, bit cheaper drink. 
because um, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Why do they not do that? I can't understand. <laughs> Pay a pound for a cup and then throw it in a bin at the end and don't get your pound I'm back. I think I'm do that. We'd like to get it back. Hmm? I think I have um, to give it back, but it'd be nice. You know what I mean? I must admit, I do like the touches of the fact now they've got the Steelers logo on the cups. Yeah. As before, and they just had the uh, like a, a bit of writing saying Steelers and stuff like that with hockey sticks. But I think the the badge is a nice touch to it. Yeah, hundred percent. It'd be good. It'd be good to see a new Jumbotron there as well. I know that um, in his interview, I think it was on Look North or something like that. But on his interview, Tony Smith said it's it's now it's now secret that it was a bit of a makeshift screen. I think actually this screen came from. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jed. I think the screen came from the TV that used to be in the Oasis at Meadow Hall. Did yeah. they buy it for a quid or something? No, yeah. he sold. No, he sold it to the arena for a quid because then that it can be covered on their insurance. Yeah, that were it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure, I think that's what it was. But it, I'm not being funny. It up on eBay. <laughs> Gumtree. <laughs> Used but still in good condition. I can see it. Po- can see it popping up on Facebook Marketplace now. <laughs> No, but gents, I mean, when, when we brought that Jumbotron in, it was it was huge. It was huge. We were the first team to have a decent video did, Jumbotron. And then did we not have to fetch it in for CHL? I think we did bring it in. I don't think we had to. It was time. It was around the same time. Yeah. Uh, we, okay. we just needed a working screen, which was why we ended up when it broke down. Then we was at the side the at the back. Yeah. We played Salzburg. Yes, it were. So it broke down against Yonshipping, uh, and we had to buy rule and regulation. I know it'd probably be vast amounts of money, but I'd like to see the fact, you know, like they do in the NHL with the projection on the ice or something like that. I'd that's, love to see our ice projections. It's a gig, mate. I know. That's about a million pounds with the kit, isn't it, or something like that, it's, or multiple? It's Yeah. So I first saw it, um, I won at World Championships, and it's, it's mind-blowing, but it adds to the... It adds to the entertainment of it. It adds sure. to the cage. It might, it, I'd say it might get us out of the pub and actually in for the intro video, but the intro as video lasts Steelers, 74 minutes. So As long as Steelers stand up, come out swinging a sword like Vegas do in, when they did it in playoffs and fating who they're going up against, you know what I mean? It's not just playoffs either, mate. Oh, God. Every game. Honestly, every game. We went to four games there and every single one <laughs> the, the night was out fighting someone on the ice. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, it'd be great to see Avatar screened on the, on the ice though, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it, it'll be good, boys. I mean, you look at Nottingham's now, in fairness. We we thought we got a good screen, and then Nottingham came in and said, hold my bear. So, you know, it's... Uh... Uh, where's the bear gone? I didn't see it the other night. The bear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hibernating. Like their season, Mike Drop. <laughs> he says the Steelers aren't going for a great time in their season. Um, moving swiftly on from that. Anything else on the Steelers, gents? Anything else on the uh, on the seven-year deal? We've not got that much more on the agenda, boys, so actually we might, might get this under an hour at this rate. Um, he says that, then he looks at his piece of paper, and he's got league title running written down, which which could be oh, a lengthy that, conversation, who knows. It, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, it's heating up now. We're getting towards the you know the last few games of the season. I think we've got five home games left. Um, and obviously, it, it's never been closer at the top of the table this year. Uh, Belfast, I believe, if we win our game in hand, they will be two points in front. Am I right? Yep. Seeing nodding heads. Um, so yeah three games left to play against Belfast Steelers play Cardiff this Saturday as well so some huge games coming up for both teams um, what do we think you, you look at the running 
And it's kind of flipped sides, whereas Sheffield had the banana skins. Now Belfast have them. Um, and Sheffield have Cardiff, Nottingham, Manchester a million times. Um, Isn't it twice? This, four times. Is it four? Or two, two home, two away? Yeah. Are we still, are we still okay, about I to will... play that, that rearranged game against them, or has that happened? That's one of the four, mate. Yeah. Um, I will retreat back into my box. Sorry. That's a good boy. Um, Thank but, you. Do I get a treat? No, you don't. Aww. <laughs> um, but I think that double header that we all thought would just be a nice weekend, that's uh, just going to be huge. Because any team drops points now, and you look at the the, the games that both sides have Belfast this weekend have Nottingham and Nottingham are actually fighting to get home advantage in the playoffs because realistically Dundee could overtake them so for once Nottingham have something to play for at this point a year Glasgow you just never know but then you look at Sheffield Manchester four times they're fighting for their lives they're fighting to make the postseason and it's there's never been a running as, as good as this all fa- building up to that one weekend in fairness you say about Manchester and I think there was one point I was talking to Gareth they were playing Fife and if they lost to Fife that weekend they went bottom of the league and they've done an outstanding job since then like yeah, they- an absolutely outstanding job since then but you know we, we mentioned that Guildford like, was 8th at one point they started picking up results all the teams are picking up results. So it's, it, there's just no foregone conclusion. Andy's thinking, oh, God, this was my conversation for Stafford Stats. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, That's all right. But it's, 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 it's fascinating. It's exciting. It's just very nervy if you're a fan of the Giants or the Steelers because you're not watching your team. You're also watching the other game to see where they drop points. And... That it's the business end of the year. That's what you. It's what you watch sport for. Yeah. Um, I personally can't see anybody but. but this is my, my personal opinion, but I can't see anybody but but Belfast going all the way. Um, on paper, they've got these easier running, apart from Cardiff. Uh, they've not got many games to play at all, but with them being uh, pretty far behind, uh, especially playing so many games, I can't really see them catching up uh, to the. To the eventual winner. Um, I mean, Sheffield got like what uh, eleven games in about twenty odd days or something. It's it, it's a, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of games in such a sp- short space of time, especially when we've had di- uh, very difficult results and games that were played with so many injuries as well. Um, no, it's just not been going well at all for Sheffield. Uh, and I know Cardiff have hit a bit of a injury snag. Three of their top players are. Currently out, but Belfast, pretty strong. 4D men. 4D men, yep. Cardiff's 4D men. Um, yeah. Belfast bringing in, obviously, brought in Patrick Mullen uh, to give a little bit of um, of help at the back. And no doubt, I've, I've got a feeling that he's, he's going to help them. So, Belfast are a team that don't seem to be struggling. Uh, with any sort of injuries or anything and I, I think that's going to be absolutely pivotal for them um, again the biggest 
sort of game for me, I think he's going to be against uh, Sheffield. Uh, being at home, I've got a feeling Sheffield will want to, they want to take it to him, but I just don't think they'll have enough in the tank to uh, put much of a of an end result. Uh, especially we spoke about banana schemes before. Um, still got a few sides that Sheffield have struggled with. Uh, I mean Cardiff, that's going to be a huge game. Manchester will want to take some points off us. There's a lot of teams that we are playing against that do not want to see us lift a Stanley, Stanley Cup, lift a trophy. Well, I don't Cardiff. Like mad. I know. I don't want that game to mad. But um, there's a lot of teams that we play against that don't want to see us lift any silverware, and they're going to really take it to Sheffield. So I, I just can't see them being the end, the end, end winners. Uh, but it's going to be Belfast for me. Who do you think will win the Con Smythe? Oh, Joey Martin. Brody Reed. Joey Martin. Joey Martin Brody any day of the week. <laughs> oh, Brody. Yeah. Joey Martin, like, when he was playing the Brody Reed current. Any time. Every time. There's no one else. And twice on a Sunday. Okay. That's when you told. Always. <laughs> Third time for the winner's selfie. Oh, don't start me off with that. <laughs> um. Uh, it's going like you've all said it's coming down to the business end of the season and I'm hoping that like with majority of the time the Steelers turn up and I do think a lot of the other teams are going to start turning up like I said it's playoffs coming around the corner and all that lot and I think this weekend is going to be as crucial as the Belfast double header in Sheffield I think if we don't scrape anything more than three points this weekend um, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a tough battle Belfast look a hell of a lot stronger than what they did at the start of the season and obviously I can say that now because obviously how it's all panned out but we all saw them and we thought what the hell they've pulled all these great signings in and nothing's occurred then all of a sudden from out of nowhere they just come up with an absolute bang and yeah it's going to be a tough one but I don't know it's going to I, 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 I won't like to say because I've seen this kind of situation before with Steelers and Belfast and Cardiff and we came out on top just, I think it came down to the last game at season. I think Ken's a, that's a goal difference, didn't it, or something like that? Something like that, yeah. It were ridiculous, but a fantastic. And to Did be fair, get I, wins? Could have been red wins. Remember. It was red wins one year. I think it was goal difference another year. It's, 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 there was a few crazy years in a row. But on, honestly, aside of that, I'm happy that this year's been such cutthroat kind of. You know what I mean? Like coming back after COVID and all that, lot, not having any hockey. And then you come back to this and everybody is on top of each other replacing. It's made it a fantastic season. I think that's the biggest thing as well, do you know, boys? We've not had hockey for two years. We had a bit of the Elite Series, which was, it was okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't a season. And then we come back and Ash, like you say, spot on. Like every team's been competitive. You can't write off any team. And I can't remember the last time we've seen that. You know, I can't remember the last time that you, you, you know, we've always said five's a difficult place to go to and it's a difficult place to play. But in the grand scheme of things, this point in the year, you're looking at it going, we're playing five away or playing five at home. We should be getting the points. You can't do that this year. And that's no disrespect to five. And that's only, it's only one example, but you can't do that at all this year. And that, I think that's huge. Um, I mean, the bottom line is if Sheffield win every game for the rest of the season, they win. If Belfast win every game of the season, they win. 
But I can't see that happening for either. The problem is at the moment, I can't see Sheffield getting anything more than a split weekend in that doubleheader on the 9th and 10th of April. And if that's the case, they need the win in Belfast. Now, what we've now got to ask ourselves is, can we see Sheffield getting a win in Belfast on that Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? Friday. Friday. I knew it was midweek. Wasn't it, Wednesday we'll play Glasgow. Yeah. But that's the biggest thing. You know, you look at it, and, and honestly, I can't see us getting a win against against. Belfast away again and, and unfortunately I think that puts us two points short but we've both got we've both got teams to play and like we say every team's competitive you know and this year's definitely going to come down to the teams that lost against and I, I'm going to say it and I only mean it in respect of the league table itself but it's going to come down to who lost the games against the lower league teams and I, and I don't mean any disrespect to the lower league teams but at the end of the day they're 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th for a reason. And I mean, they could take points the, off anyone. Sorry, if, you look at the, if you look at the bottom half of the table, like the bottom end, like from 8th down to 10th, there's two points in it between Manchester and Coventry and you've got 5 or 31. That bottom end ain't finished yet, for my, in my opinion. I don't think... I, I, there's still chances for 5 to even make the playoffs. As slim as, as it is, there's 7 points off at playoffs. Yes. This season ain't over for any team. The worst thing to see as a team fighting for a league championship is a game lined up against a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. The worst thing to see. Because you don't want to lose to that team because you don't want to have lost the league because you lost the game to 10th, 8th, 9th, whatever in the league. But at the same time, they've got something to fight for. And the thing this year, like you say, Ash, is every team's got something to fight for. And Dave, you said Nottingham are fighting for home advantage. You know, even mid-table teams at the moment have got something to fight for. And that puts it very, very precarious in terms of where the league stands because we can't go into a game against Glasgow or Manchester and think, well, that's two points. And we have to fight as hard as we'd fight against Nottingham, Cardiff, Belfast. And that makes it so difficult. But it also makes it so exciting. Dave, you you've you hit the nail on the head with, with your comment right at the start. That's why we watch sport. And it's horrendous, as a, as a Steelers fan, it's horrendous to be in that situation because you just sit there thinking, God, I really don't know what's going to happen. But at the end of the season, win or lose, maybe a couple of months after the end of the season, if it's a lose, you'll be sitting there going, what a year. What a year to come back to after COVID and have that. And I don't think there's anybody in the league that can say differently. There might be teams that underperformed. I know that Nottingham will certainly be one of the teams that felt like they should have done better. And I don't, again, mean that is any disrespect to Nottingham. We've spoke to a number of Nottingham fans and they're very much feeling that at the moment. But, you know, every team has a slump. And I think that's the, that's the key thing in this season. Ash, you said that, that Belfast weren't anything to be, you know, necessarily concerned about at the start of the year. Beat them 7-1 in our building. You know, and at that point it was like, oh, boys, we marked these as, the, as one of the top teams and we've just beat them 7-1. But then... The Steelers have their slump, and Belfast are absolutely killing it. And that's the biggest thing. Do you know what we need to do now is snap out of that slump because we don't. It's game over. So I'll ask this, Andy. I mean, you've said it already. You think it'll be Belfast? Um, I'll ask this to to Dave and Ash. I don't like doing it, and I feel like Gref gave us the kiss of death because he said a couple of months ago that he felt like Sheffield would win the league, and we hate saying that. Certainly, so early on. If you if you've got ten pound in your hand now and you were stood in Ladbrokes, where's that ten pound going? Is it going on Belfast? Is it going on Sheffield? I don't know if can Cardiff still win? 
Uh, they're on 64 points. <coughs> they need a minor miracle for everyone but to... Belfast have got two games in hand on them, and we've got three. Nice. Okay, so if you, you got, all right, you've got £10, you go going into Labbrooks, who's it going on, Sheffield or Belfast? This week it'll be Belfast. But next week it could be different. I appreciate right, that. You're Labbrooks right now. I say, this week, you put your money on Belfast. That's what the head would say. Um, yeah. But it's changed yeah. that many times. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm saying on Dave, to be honest, that the minute I'd say Belfast, in my heart, I'd love to say Steelers, but I don't know. Like I said, I think it's going to be a cracking end to the season, and I hope Steelers will deliver on that entertainment side of value by chasing down Belfast as much as possible. Steelers need to be hammering the fan attendance as well. That's the other thing. And my money would be on Belfast, by the way. I, I, I can't see past them at the moment. Um, but Steelers need to hammer attendance. And I think, if, anything, if I was Tony Smith right now, I'd be disappointed that there wasn't a way of making Sunday's game a £5 game. Because what we need, particularly after, what, three weeks away from the arena... What we need is to pack that building out, give ourselves on, that advantage. I think on that basis alone, the fact we've been three weeks away from the arena, we might we'll get a decent crowd on Sunday. I hope so. I hope so. We, we have, Sheffield have had, um, over the last few months when they've been a gap away, they've been great attendances that first game back. But I'll be honest with you, that the, the Belfast double header, if Sheffield can really push that and get eight and a half, nine thousand. And for the first time, if, we, if we've been brutally honest, when the fans have packed the barn and there's been an atmosphere and all the fans have bought into it. Now, Belfast will bring in three, four, two, three, four hundred. That still means potentially over 8,000 more to really make an atmosphere. And the team have responded more often than not when, the, that, when there's been a good atmosphere. So if Sheffield can get that, and especially to get that first game, it's... It'd be interesting. You talk about good atmosphere, and and for me, you're looking at the effect that atmosphere has on a game. There's one game to point to, and it's not a league game. There's one game to point to where atmosphere had everything to play in that game, and that was the Sheffield v Cardiff playoff final. Yeah. When it went to whatever overtime, Levi Nelson scored the game winner on one ankle. Oh yeah, that was a good weekend. Oh I. Was that the weekend? Was that the weekend yeah. you broke your leg? Yeah, because I forgot I broke my leg and jumped out of my seat when Levi scored that game-winning goal. Uh, yeah, I but mean, no, yeah, yeah. But, I remember. No, but that, I, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I, mate, I remember I could walk across the road. <laughs> so, Ash wants to forget that. Uh, but yeah, I don't my, think he does. My, in fairness, uh, my, my career as a stunt bubble has kind of taken a back seat for the foreseeable future. <laughs> for, for anybody who doesn't know Ash managed to get hit by a car on the Friday night of playoffs and, hey, um, and I, I still made it through the weekend now do you know what the most impressive bit was it was the fact that you managed to stand up Based, particularly following the following events of you getting a plate put in your knee it was the fact that you managed to stand up walk to the side of the road realise your shoe had flown off about six foot walk to get your shoe and stand in the middle of the road presenting your shoe in mid-air yeah and stopping traffic so I could go pick up said shoe I think I was more upset I'd scuff my eye watch than the fact I just yeah you, you were yes I you absolutely fuming. were 
But that's that's the biggest game for me when you look at atmosphere. I mean, the players were absolutely depleted. They played what triple overtime by that point, was it? Double overtime, something like that. Double overtime, well, I think, yeah. I think but, just going back going back to that lead up of that sem- that final weekend, the semi the quarter final second leg at the arena, we were five one down going yeah. up against Panthers, yeah. and the atmosphere was just electric. And I can remember that that's got to be my all time favourite ever hockey game that I've ever been to. The atmosphere and the just. Goal after goal after goal, period after period after period, it just got louder and louder and louder. And I can remember Dave dragging me over my seat when that that overtime winner went in. Oh, I the literally, roof lifted. The roof oh. lifted when Debian's goal, that goal. And yeah. But great examples where the home team, and in this context, it's Sheffield, they can use it to their advantage. You never know. But I remember every time in the in the final game, it was every single time there was a face-off in front of our crowd. Every single person was on their feet, shouting, screaming, clapping, whatever they could do. The, the noise the was deafening, crutches in the air. The noise was deafening. And if you listen to so many of the players' interviews afterwards, they all commented on how at such a late stage in the game it made all the difference. And that's what Sheffield need. They, they absolutely, you're absolutely right, Dave. They absolutely need to pack that arena out on the on the on the ninth and tenth. I mean, the fact that we'll have been on a stag though on that day is neither here nor there. But we absolutely need to pack out that arena. We absolutely need to be making that noise, and we absolutely need to be that. that essentially, we need to be the sixth man on the ice. Yeah. It all leads up to a, a, a stupendous end of the season. And like you say, I don't think anybody called this as close as it's going to be in every part of the of the league. In terms of the, for the championship, for the playoffs, for the home advantage, how good is it to have that? A long may it continue. Exactly, yeah. A long may it continue. Uh, anything else on the league running, gents? No, we've only got one thing on the agenda before Stafford's story. Uh, sorry, Stafford's stats, unless he's got a story. Um, and predictions. So the last thing I've got is uh, All-Stars. So obviously, at the end of every year, usually, we do an All-Star team. Um, so I think with this time around, we're going to split it up. So we're going to do goalies one week, we're going to do defence one week, and we're going to do forwards the last week, I think. So this week, we are going to talk about the All-Star goalies. Andy's written down half his team because he didn't realise that's what we were going to do. So just for the clarification, what we'll do is we're going to have... Two teams, so your first team and your second team um, each week. And obviously, as our guest appearance, we'll have his for the remainder of that segment. So you'll have five teams worth of who we think would make our Elite League All-Stars team. So they're the, they're the permutations. Um, who wants to go first? My goalie pick could be Shane Owens. Is that for, your, for so who who's is that your team one and who's his backup? Uh, Kevin Carr. Ooh, Uka, interesting Ooh. choice. Yeah. And your second team, your second All Star team, who do you go for? Carew. Uh, and uh, Stojanovic. There's some Belfast fans listening to this guy I'm mad that he's not said best girl right now. We know one of them. <laughs> we know one of them. Evening, Joe. Um, I'll go mine. So, my first team... Uh, I didn't pick I, him because I couldn't pronounce him. 
let's go. Easy, mate. Um, okay, I'll change it. Let's go. It's done, mate. I didn't want to offend anybody. You're on the wrong podcast there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be so, as PC as possible. And you're doing very well, mate. This has been a very difficult podcast for us, having to try and keep this family friendly, to be fair. We've got to give him credit Dude, for that. I've blasted through my vape like no tomorrow. <laughs> So my, my lineup for the goal is um, my first team, I go Shane Owen and Karouf. And I go, my second team, I go CJ Mott and Besco. There you go. Mine's slightly different. So uh, first team, I would go with CJ Mott uh, being backed up by Shane Owen. And May surprise you. No Besco again. Barry Brust. No. Not that much of a surprise now. If um, he says Churchfield, I'm ending the podcast now. Yeah. Wolfhouse. Wolfhouse. Now, my second team would be Karouf, uh, because his, his stats just are, are incredible, to be honest with you. Um, fantastic. And also... He's been back to by Shane Starrett. So I think Starrett's had a very good season for uh, Glasgow, even though you know they're not quite there where where they want to be um, in in terms of in the top four. But you know they've got a, they've still got a solid team, and Starrett is a solid netminder. Just needs a bit more of a um, a better team in front of him, and I think he he would definitely be be the top goalie in the league. Three point one nine goals against uh, and then 0.911 save percentage so that's very good for a first year elite league goalie Stafford Stats is going to have nothing to talk about at this rate <laughs> Wait um, <laughs> does he have his own intro for this no I, I keep I saying I'm going to do some music we've we'll been meaning to get one we just haven't had the budget to make one mate sorry no, it's but, fine I'm not expecting anything less, it's fine. We're going to start a GoFundMe page to fund a uh, Stafford Stats tune. I, I thought Andy was starting an Only Stats page to get the money in. Could you imagine some like some like cheesy shopping channel music? Like, it's got Muzak in the background. <laughs> what, what, what do you like? I like the um, Bally Sports theme tune for the NHL games. I do like that. No, my, my, my dream, mate, is as Stafford Stats starts, I want people to feel like they've just stepped in a lift. That's that's what, that's, that's the goal. And if that lift can have a sign on the wall that says, please maintain social distancing, that would be even better. <laughs> and you know, when you ask him, how's your day been? Oh, up and down. Oh, God. Yes. That's that my point. that's that's my kind of joke. <laughs> it's my kind of joke. I know we we we're used to this, but not from someone else. Um, Joe, your goal is um, first team <laughs> Shane Owen, backed up by CJ Mott. Second team Tyler Beskarawani, backed up by Matt Carruth. Sorry to anybody that's offended that I've picked primarily arena team goalies. <laughs> Actually, haven't in fairness, the number one goalie isn't an arena team goalie, so... No, he's not. I'd love to see him in orange, I'm not going to lie. In fairness, some of we've said in, in a number of podcasts, actually, we'll, we'll ask it because one of our goalies, like, all the goalies are actually quite strong this year, probably the strongest 
season for goalies. Um, there's not like normally you, you look at a few teams and you go, you wouldn't touch him with a barge pole, but there's actually there's there's not one of them up and down the lineup in the league, is there? Hey, well, like I think it was when was it now? One at playoff weekends, I think it were Cardiff versus Fife when we played Belfast. I'm not too sure. And again, Shane Owens stood on his head for that game and kept him in that game as much as possible. The question is, is he a Garrett Zemlock? Is he a goalie that performs because he's facing 50 shots a night and when he goes to a, a bigger team, doesn't? I know he performed in Belfast and I feel like he had a bit of an, an unfortunate year. And obviously, it was, I think it was the year that was, that was cut short, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. But... I, I I just think he's quality. I'd I'd quite happily see him in orange. Um, I'll say this, boys. I mean, I, I, apologies, Ash, because it contradicts your second team slightly. We've said before that we don't think that there's a single goalie in the league that if we sign next year, we'd be disappointed. There's two goalies in the league right now that I'd be disappointed if we signed in orange next year. And the downside to me is they're both currently playing in orange. Because I, I honestly wouldn't have brushed I, I prefer Stojanovic out of the two. They've kind, I, of done, they've kind of done a flip reverse, like the batter came in, yeah, who a bit, he was a bit rusty to begin with, but then settled into his element and was quite a solid netminder and then has dropped. Whereas when we saw Stojanovic start the season, you know what I mean? He started off poor and then all of a sudden picked it up. And I don't know, it, 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 it's a weird one. I don't know what's kind of happened to either one of them. It's bizarre. For me, Stojanovic makes some fantastic saves and then lets some really weak goals. And I mean, the, the prime example for me is the first goal against Belfast in the first game of the double header that we just obviously went to a couple of weeks ago. The first goal makes the save, trickles through his legs over the line. And then you like get... The... Sorry, go on. I like the third goal against... Uh, I think it was the third goal against Panthers of the day. It was literally a pad save straight into the slot and he picked it back up and just took it round him. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the thing for me, I think. He, he lets in some soft ones and his rebound control leaves a bit to be desired. And then you look at Brust, and I just think Brust's lazy. And I'm sorry to say it, but I really do. The game that we lost in a shootout to Cardiff, we lost that game because Brust didn't go post to post. He looked at the pass, he thought, I'm not going to get there, and he didn't even make an effort to get there. Like... I don't know. It's, it's bizarre to say it, but one of the two ti- challenging teams for the title, as we've just discussed, one of them, just the goalies, just really, for me, lack certain elements. And, and you're absolutely right. For me, as I say, absolutely right. Stojanovic is, is the better goalie out of the two. He makes some fantastic saves. But then every so often, you just see one go in and you think, how has that got through? He went in. He went in goal for the um, the penalty shootout against Dundee. Two of the goals in the shootout went through his five hole in a shootout. But then next minute he'll be pulling off an absolute whirlwind, like windmill save. It, it's uh, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I I'd, I'd rather see any goalie in the league signed in Sheffield next year above what we've got. That's the thing about Belfast. I mean, they've got Whistle and Besco. And Keith can alt- can just easily alternate them between between each game, but obviously now we got Sheffield's got brushed out, uh, relying on Stanovich who hasn't been fantastic. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be uh, a goalie factor for me. I mean, look at Belfast; they've conceded the last goals throughout the whole league, uh, and like 
and unlike everyone else, it's it's in double figures. So their defence and those two goalies who can were are as equally as good as each other on a good night. Yeah, definitely bad fast all the way. Well, one goalie that's been actually quite we've not really talked about this year was Adam Morrison. And when Adam Morrison was pulling a five jersey over his head, he was one of the main goalies I'd assigned in Sheffield. And he's gone to Dundee, and he's he's done a good job in Dundee, but I just think he's he's just not gone as noticed for some reason as he did when he played for five. Yeah, strange one, that, because, like I said, he's just quietly just got wins and helped Dundee, uh, along with um, the backup to probably one of their best finishes, potentially, in the Elite League, in their time in the Elite League. I think they did well... I seem to recall them doing well a couple of years into the Elite League, but I think that was when we had the um, the conference system. I seem to remember Dundee doing well in one of the conference years, but I can't remember when that was. But no, absolutely. They won the conference once, yeah. like, like 2017, something like that. Something around, around now. yeah. But no, I, um, no, God, it's, it's, it's been, I think that's been one of the biggest things, gents. I mean, we, I say that I wouldn't take either of the Steelers goalies but in fairness it's not like they're weak goalies do you know I think that's that's the biggest thing it shows I mean at the end of the day we wouldn't be at the top we wouldn't be second in the league we wouldn't be at the top end of the table if we'd got weak goalies in the league that we've got this year so it's, it's bizarre I mean I'm sitting here turning around saying I wouldn't take it either of our goalies it just shows you how strong the goalies have been this year because if anything it's probably actually just because of what we've got what's, I'll try that again with my teeth in it's probably what we've got to compare them to because you actually sit there and go, I'd rather have Mott, I'd rather have Owen, I'd rather have Starrett, I'd rather have Carr, I'd rather have Besco. But then actually, you know, rewind a year. Would we have Brust next year? Do you know? If, we, if we'd got some of the goalies that we had the previous year? It's bizarre. Um, anything else on? We've, we've kind of gone from All-Star team to, to goalie discussion as a whole, but have we got anything else on goalies or All-Star team? What about, uh, what about coaches, gents? I'm really throwing a, a massive curveball because we've, we've not really said about this. But we've got a bit of time, I'm conscious. We're only on an hour and five. What about coaches? What, 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 if we were going to pick an all-star first team and second team coach, who would they be? There's a gap because uh, this is beyond left field, the curveball. You could tell that I've really thrown a curveball in here. <laughs> what about equipment manager? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about rinking up? No, no. No, 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 no that's a rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> that is a rabbit hole. What well, holes are available? Thank there you. We go. <laughs> My first team, you know, I'd, I'd go Scalder because I think he's a guy that is really humble uh, in defeat and, you know, it. He's got his own like little uh, sort of personality. We we saw his uh, outburst on Premier Sports when um, they were in Cardiff, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of swearing and all, and all stuff like that. But you know, that that's just part of the game, and and that's why you love it. That's the passion, and he has a lot of it. There's a lot of it of hockey, and uh, so I definitely have him as as a first team coach. Second team, I think I'd still go with Keith. Out of out of context podcast quotes. That's why people go to hockey for swearing coaches. 
disgusting. Family sport. Football mentality. I think I think I'd go with them two coaches, but I'd probably go the other way around. I probably would go Keith for my first team and Scalder for second. Um, honorable mentions for, for for Pasha and Fox. Can't you know? It's not like it's Sheffield had a bad season, um, so it's an honorable mention. And, and Omar does well with what he has, and kind of does punch above his weight sometimes, and he's doing it again this year. But I think I, close to the mass, I'd go key first team and Scalder second. And like Andy said, I'm liking his humility, um, especially in defeat. Um, I don't think you'd have had that. I'd, I'd have been intrigued with the uh, interview post Trans Cup final if Andrew Lord was coach. Let's put it that way. Chalk and cheese, isn't it? It's yeah. And we, we that'll upset some Cardiff fans, but you know what? I don't care because Scalder is just a complete different person. And yeah, but it's not his. It's not his first outburst. So he did it in the THL when there was a way at Lukarama. He had a really good outburst. So it's like, again, we talk characters. He's definitely one of them. And uh, I hope he stays around for a few years. If we're going... Bringing something more than just than the coaches in previous years. If we're going on a scale of one to Rick Scherner, man, <laughs> how good were his outbursts? <laughs> Smash smashing the sticks up on the bench. <laughs> Belfast was 12, Schoenemans was 10. I think Luke around six and a half, but it was definitely up there. <laughs> Ash? Um, Keith first, Fox second. But if I, if, if I had to go outside of the Elite League, uh, I'd go Pete Russell all the way. First team. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, I am going to go with uh, Jared Scalder for the first team. Um, I do, I, I do think he's a good coach. I think Cardiff have had quite a lot of adversity to face this year in terms of injuries and things like that. Um, and he's done a good job. They're, they're still up there. Do you know, we're saying that they're not really in the fight. It's not impossible for them. And I think they have had some big injuries. And it's a big year for for, for Cardiff. Do you know, we, we we've not even we talk about the injury side. We don't talk about the fact that they lost Joey Martin, Andrew Hoffman, Joey Haddad, Ben Bounds. They had a huge, huge shake-up in Cardiff. Gleason Fournier. Gleason Fournier, yeah, absolutely. They've lost all of these players, and they were still in the race for, for a long period of time. And it's, it's not out of the question now, it's just difficult. So it, it's, you know, I, I'd say Scalder for the first team. I, I agree with you guys as well. I do think he's, he's very humble in, uh, in defeat and humble in victory as well, to be fair. Um, completely agree it's chalk and cheese to Andrew Lord um, second team it's a tough one isn't it I can't see past Keith. my issue my issue with uh, Fox would be up there for me my issue with Fox is that once once this a lot of adversity in a game we don't seem to deviate from the initial game plan Whereas I think Belfast have had a plan B quite a lot of the time. And obviously you've seen games where they've come back and won in, in OT. And sometimes it might have been like the last game that we've just talked about, you know, where they were up 5-1, goes back to 5-5, they still get that win. That's a tough, tough overtime win when you've thrown away a four-goal four lead in the third period. So to come away with the point, I, 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 yeah, I think Keith's a strong, strong coach. Um, so I'd, yeah, Scalder first team, Keith second team for me. But the Fox, thing we've noticed Fox with Fox, very Fox, close. Sorry. 
No, 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 go, go. The thing we noticed with Fox is a lot of the time he always has the same, even if we play a really bad game, he always says, oh, I liked our first period, I liked our game. When How can you say that you liked our period when we were 3-0 down in Belfast? I had to it pick my jaw up off the floor when I heard yeah. that. It just doesn't make sense. We were stood outside the um, the hotel at that point, waiting for a taxi to to uh, cuckoo. I think Dave, you were going straight from McHugh's, or you were going back to the hotel, or I can't remember. But I had to pick my jaw up off the floor when I heard that I liked a lot about our first period. And I thought, after I had to down my point when they scored their third goal, <laughs> I did not like a lot about our first period. <laughs> that, what a hardship they had to down your pint. I know, well, no comment. <laughs> But no. Um, anything else on this one, gents? No? Favourite equipment managers? No? Assistant coaches? No? These. You are? These. These. <laughs> I quite like the uh, the Glasgow equipment manager um, getting a phone out and texting uh, Malcolm Cameron during the game so that he could still pass his team orders onto the bench. <laughs> that was quite a good touch. Uh, no, that's, that, that, that basically rounds it up, gents. I mean, at this point, usually at this time of the year, we'd be talking about NHL trade deadline, but I don't think there's been any particularly huge moves in that, um, really, to break into an elite league podcast. I know Ash is disappointed that Vegas Golden Knights managed to trade for an injured player. Um, I'm tactics, disappointed. Uh, tactics. Tactics. We've managed to trade away a young, good, strong player in uh, in Zach Aston Reese to sign an old player that's... I just don't think has it anymore in Ricard Raquel, but it's not been any, not really been any headline ones, have there really? I mean, Fleury, Fleury to Minnesota was probably the big one, but nothing really newsworthy unless anybody's got anything. No? All right, gents, I'm going to throw it over to Andy then. I think we've got Stafford stats. We're on, a, we're on an hour and 13 here, boys. We're going to keep this under an hour and a half at this rate. Anybody got the musical tune to Generation game right now? Family Feud. Gerbil. <laughs> say what you see. <laughs> well, this is saucy when we're like an hour and a half in. What is this? This isn't good length. Oh, I'm trying so fast. <laughs> Not even dignifying that with a response. Anyway, um, yeah, that's to the table. Um, first place still, we've got Belfast with 72 points. In second is Sheffield with 68 points. Uh, we've got a game in hand with Belfast. In third is Cardiff with 64 points. Uh, no games in hand, obviously. Uh, in fourth, we've got Nottingham with 49 points. In fifth is Glasgow with 33 points. In sixth is Dundee. Uh, we're doing really well, these two Scottish teams. Glasgow and Dundee, I don't think anybody would have had them so far at the table. Low-level uh, team. During this season, yeah. <laughs> sorry, doing very well. sorry. <laughs> yep. Both doing well. Glasgow 43 uh, and Dundee with 41 points. Close behind them is Guildford in seventh, uh, and it's very very tough for that um, final ninth position. We've got Coventry and Manchester battling that minute. Uh, 38 points is Coventry with eighth place, and in ninth is Manchester with 36 points. When it comes to top scorers, uh, we have JJ Picnic. Of course, he's going to be up there. Uh, what a line him and Conway and. Uh, Good win has been. Definitely one of my top top uh, picks are, are them three for the first All-Star team. So we've got Scott Conway was second, second with 62 points. Adam Brady has been had a great season for Manchester. Great season uh, with 55 points. Uh, in fourth, we've got Brody Reed with 52 points. And 
despite injury, we've got Valorant still up there in fifth with 51 points. And when it comes to the goalies, uh, again, we'll see the whole Belfast uh, situation with them too. Carruth uh, is in first with uh, 93.9 save percentage. In second, and very close these two are, is Jackson Whistle and Talabes Karani. We whistle just above Besko with 92.81, while Besko has 92.7. Uh, Rokstanovic, he has 92.5, still not doing too bad. Uh, CJ Moore is the fifth one with 91.6. Um, so, yeah, um, not a whole lot of change in those, in, in those stats, but you know, considering they've got some players there who've been out for quite a few games, uh, and the whole Belfast with the two goalies, you know, this is pivotal now. It, it, between how, how many goals can your uh, say Belfast first line how many goals can they conjure up to win that title uh, would it be the goalies making making it so that they win it or would it be someone outsider who, who's outside his table at the minute but who, who could get a few points and uh, find themselves in the mix so it's very interesting to see what the last few weeks will bring yeah absolutely is by any chance did you start drawing up your forwards for the all-star team or did you just drop that in because they were the players you'd written down no I've I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I'd be surprised if no one had them three as... No, no, no. You're absolutely... Not. No, I'm only joking, mate. Don't worry. No, no. Oh, no. It's, it's just saying that, I, I can't remember since 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 the uh, Nelson, Valdix and War. Was it War? No, Dowd. Dowd, sorry. Uh, Nelson, Valdix and Dowd. Uh, that line, there's not been anyone close to that line, but here you are. You see Conway, Conway Goodwin and Picnic. Just... Fantastic season for him. About as in, probably the most influential. In Venice, I'd go further than that, mate. I'd say as influential as the ACDC line. Oh, just yeah. with just with yeah. their point production. Adam Calder and um, uh, Dan Carlson. Yeah. Forgot his name then. Uh, anything else on that, gents? No. It's quite interesting to see, isn't it? Actually, I, you know, just before we go on to predictions, one other thing. The Steelers started the year with the motto of you might score five, but we're going to score six or seven. And it's quite interesting to see that as the, as the season's kind of closed down, we're seeing those closer games. We're seeing those games going out to the wire a little bit more. And it's been quite interesting to see the teams that have scored in bunches have stopped scoring in bunches. And I don't know whether that's because teams have stepped it up defensively. I don't know whether it's because teams have dropped offensively. I think Steelers dropped quite a lot of offensive firepower when, when um, you know, obviously they lost DeLuca. Valorant went out injured. There were a few others that he lost. Dowd, I think, was injured at one point. It's, it's difficult. And obviously they lost Connolly as well. But it's weird to see. It's just suddenly dawned on me. We were starting the year and it was like, yeah, we'll score seven, it's fine. And now it's like, mm, I don't know. I don't think we will. We got shot out 3-0 against Nottingham the other day. A team that was scoring five, six, seven a game. It's shut out. Strange to see. Uh, anything else, boys? Any, any other business? Straight to predictions? No? Yeah? No, yeah. That was all good. Okay, okay. Straight to predictions before we carry on this. Um, Friday the 20... I've written numbers down in a weird way. Yeah. Hold on. Friday the 25th. Uh, Belfast versus Nottingham in Belfast. Oh, I'm going to go for a lie down. <laughs> Uh, Nottingham to win 3-2 in overtime. Ooh. 
Uh, I'm going to say Belfast 4-2. You go, Joe, because I didn't realise you were playing. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'd done Saturday and Sunday, but I didn't realise you were a game on Friday. <laughs> I'm going to give you four warning now as well, Dinash. There's uh, games on Tuesday and Wednesday as well, mate. What, next week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, fair. Uh, I'm going to go with Belfast, 4-3 in overtime. <clears throat> I'm going to go Nottingham, 3-2 regulation. Uka. Oh, okay. Uh Dundee, Coventry in Dundee. Dundee twin four three. Dundee three two. Written something completely different down to that. Dundee four two. I'm agreeing with Ash on that. Dundee four two. Uh, Saturday the twenty sixth, we've got Guildford Dundee in Guildford. Flames um, twin five two. Sorry, Ash. Sorry, sorry man. Uh, I've gone Guildford to win 4-1. Guildford 3-1. Dundee 4-3 in red. This is where my predictions go down a lot last week. Um, Manchester 5 in Manchester. I feel dirty saying this. Manchester to win 3-2 in overtime. Uh, it's difficult because five could pull some out. I'm going to say five, uh, two, one. I've gone for five, four, three in overtime. Let's track back for a second. I love the way that Andy went from five could pull something out to five will win. Manchester five, two. Uh, Glasgow Coventry in Glasgow Coventry to win 5-3 Coventry 5-4 in overtime Coventry to win 3-1 Glasgow 4-2 Going against the grain are all these now Belfast v Nottingham in Belfast. I've gone 4-2 Nottingham. I'm going 4-1 Nottingham. Uh, Belfast 2-0. Nottingham 4-3 in overtime. Wow. Cardiff Sheffield in Cardiff. And he's just I've rolled gone. his eyes. That's exactly how I feel. I've gone 4 2 Steelers. Ooh. I've gone 5 3 Steelers. Ooh. Who's carrying on Andy's there? <laughs> <laughs> 4 1 Cardiff. 4 3 in overtime Cardiff. Um, Sunday the 27th Sheffield Manchester in Sheffield Sheffield to win 6-3 Sheffield to win 5-3 Sheffield 5-2 
Gross Marge is this one, isn't it, boys? <laughs> <laughs> it's where Joe said Manchester like 10 1. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> no, uh, shit, I'm going to go. I'm agreeing with you, Andy. Sheffield 5 2. <laughs> Coventry Dundee in Coventry. <clears throat> Coventry Sorry, I've gone. I've gone 4-2 Coventry. I've gone 5-4 regulation Coventry. Did you say Coventry at home, Joe? Uh, they are indeed, yeah. Yeah. Third game uh, for Dundee of the weekend as well. Oh. No, it is. Yes, it is. Sorry. Okay. I'm guessing myself. one for a minute. Uh, I'm going to say 4-1 Coventry. Uh, 4-2 Coventry. Uh, five Glasgow in five. Glasgow twin four three regulation. Five to win three two in overtime. I'm going five four three in a shootout. Five. Um five two. Uh, and we got Tuesday 29th, Glasgow Belfast in Glasgow. Belfast win 4 3 in overtime. Belfast uh, 5 3. Glasgow 2 1 in overtime. Ooh, cat. Ooh, cat. Uh, Belfast 5-1 Guildford, Coventry and Guildford Coventry 5-2 I just kind of looked at my uh, predictions and it's not like I'm wanting Belfast to win any no, 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 not at all <laughs> They're going to get one point out of six available currently mate. <laughs> You can live in hope, can't you? We're nothing if not optimistic. I know. <laughs> and I'm normally not that kind of person. So. Uh, Coventry 3-0. This is the point where Ash says, who are the teams again? Oh, no, I know where I am. I was just waiting for everybody else. I've gone Coventry 4-0. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Coventry 4-1. And then Wednesday 30th, Manchester v Sheffield in Manchester. 4-1 Steelers. 5-1 Steelers. Uh, (laughs) Manchester (laughs) 3-2 in overtime. (laughs) Is this like a football bit where you get predictions for like red cards or get Springer to get kicked out of game? (laughs) You're not putting your accumulator on now, mate. Sheffield 4-3 in overtime. Uh, and then the game of the year. Sheffield Hallam versus Sheffield Uni on Wednesday the 30th. Hallam to win 7-2. Hallam to win what was that? 7-2. Len Goodman went to Sheffield Hallam University. <laughs> For a field trip or a <laughs> guest speaker? I'm going to say Hallam 6-3. The right answer. 
I'm going to say Harlem 5-2. Harlem 5-3. This is where we start to chant, oh, I'd rather be... No. 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 Absolutely. All I'll say is we don't mess with tradition <laughs> at the arena. He goes, oh, the one at he goes, oh, I'd rather be a potley than a... Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> you can't um, say they were 10 uni uh, thingies either, just because of the current... No. 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 That's true. That's true. <laughs> the game of the year for everybody, though. The first varsity it, game. We'll, we'll adapt it. We'll say there were 10 uni vegans in the air. What's the what's the what's it then? And the and the meat eaters from Hallam shot them down. Yeah. And the meat eaters from Hallam gave them steak. Um, well, it would be quite uh, appropriate, you know, in the glory holes in Sheffield Arena. Uh, so. And thank you very much for another episode of Zamboni. <laughs> Andy's managed to ruin his keyboard two days on two two f two podcasts on the trot. Um. Gents, that, that's everything I've got. We're actually we're just under an hour and a half. I think we might, we're probably going to go over an hour and a half, but we're, we're about there. Um, anything else? Apart from socials, no. Oh, I always forget socials. At MFZ Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. And we've got the My Fancy Zamboni Podcast discussions group on Facebook as well. If you can't get added into it through the normal page, uh, drop us a message and we'll get you added. And the shop is open. The shop, it's, that's, that's my closing line. <laughs> Honestly, learn respect. I behave myself. So now. <laughs> but it's oh, all about to go downhill. It's wearing off. I bet you didn't hear that bit, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Try to edit that one out. <laughs> So, gents, um, we're not got anything else to add. Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Um, well, co- kept your composure with uh, you. the Neanderthals on the podcast. Um, thanks, Andy. Uh, thanks, Griff, if you're able to go off the deathbed. Ash, you've been a fantastic uh, new addition, uh, as temporary as whatever, however long that is, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and we hope to see you soon. Ah, thank you. But it's got a good day. But it's got a good day, Speedy. Random cowboy. Andy, uh, thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Um... Oh, cheers, man. Thank you, too. <laughs> He's <Huh>? arrived. <laughs> You know, I've been polite throughout the entire time and I don't even get a thank you. <laughs> I was coming to you. Why did I best, start going Welsh? Best to last, you know. <laughs> yeah, you might have to edit that bit out, Joe. <laughs> Too late for that. <laughs> More people to offend. In for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, um, Ash, it's, it's, it's been great to have you. You've been an absolute uh, top, top panellist uh, tonight. We'll hopefully see you again on the podcast soon. Yeah, I hope I did a good enough job for you boys. You did, mate, you did. Andy, just before we go to Ash, um, no shout-out to Next Door's cat? Uh, I, I would like to um, 
Grish out to my uh, auntie's tortoise. Uh, wasn't doing so well at the minute, so uh, shout out to him. Uh, and uh, massive shout out to Gref as well. Um, I hope you're feeling better soon, bud. I don't even know what to say to that. You're very welcome. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Way. Uh, Ash, thank you very much, sir. Um, pleasure to have you on. Hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. Mm-hmm. Not further I upset anybody, and if I do, I apologise in advance. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> 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 it's <killed> this Baron. <laughs> Baron, Jesus. <laughs> it's going downhill, boys. It's going downhill. He's <laughs> <laughs> definitely arrived now. Right, right gents. I'm going to edit this bit out. <laughs> Not editing. No. Oh, I'm not editing already. Bloody hell! You're leaving hey. your mark. You're leaving your mark. Just put <laughs> that way. No, but thank you very much for having me. It's actually been quite entertaining. Been entertaining I'm, having you on, mate. I'm not looking forward to hear the sound of my own voice. I'm not going to lie. I never am. Don't worry. Just get used to uh, it. Though. And hopefully, you can attach subtitles to the podcast on Spotify so that earlier people can actually understand what the hell I'm saying. Uh, people are just going to have to listen to it at 3am and then the uh, the like sign language person pops up at the bottom of Spotify. <laughs> right, gents. Um, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you to everybody listening. Um, Gref, we hope you're feeling better soon so we can, uh, <laughs> we can, we can get rid of Ash again. Um, uh, but no, thank you, everybody listening. Gents, pleasure as always. Um, another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. I can't say the shop is open, so uh, instead, good evening, Norma.